Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now let's join today's program. The Old Testament book of Isaiah seems to alternate between God's judgment, which issues from the degenerating and corrupt condition of his people, and the glorious revelation of our Savior Christ. This sequence also seems to parallel at times our own experience. After God's chastisement and discipline, we often enjoy the Lord in a deeper and more substantial way. We will see this issue once again in two of Isaiah's most marvelous chapters, 11 and 12, on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful co-workers who bore the testimony of Christ throughout the heathen land of China in the first half of this century. Ultimately, Watchman Nee was imprisoned and martyred for his labor. But in God's sovereignty, Witness Lee was spared to continue this ministry, first in Taiwan and eventually around the world. We're pleased to bring you this ministry once again, and Dick Taylor is here as we continue to explore Isaiah. Dick, this is your first visit with us since we began Isaiah, and I think the portion that uh, you're here to fellowship about is a good fit for you. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back, and uh, I agree. This portion is tremendous. The restoration and salvation that we see in Christ is awesome in the book of Isaiah. All of you who are listening, stay tuned in for every moment of this broadcast. Well, Dick, our life study today deals with a very pleasant portion of Isaiah, but it's important to realize that these beautiful passages that reveal Christ, such as chapters 11 and 12 that we're going to look at today, are most often preceded by an example of God's judgment or chastisement, and such is the case here with chapter 10. We made much of the fact early in our life study of Isaiah that God's righteous judgment was reserved for the unbelieving nations while his loving chastisement was for his own children, Judah and Israel. But in chapter 10, Israel tastes the same judgment as the unbelievers. Why this seeming harshness by Jehovah toward his people Israel, Dick? Well, we know that God's judgment over the nations is based on his righteousness. But his chastisement of his people is motivated by his love. And because uh, his people are a particular and peculiar treasure to him, his chastisement is also very strict, particular, and thorough. In fact, he's more concerned over his people than he is over the nations, that they would really become constituted his people for his testimony. The Lord is not going to let us go. If we're goofing off, 
and we're not caring for him and his desire, we might as well expect some of his chastisement. But remember, the motive is always love. And also you can see with Israel, they had fallen so far that they were just like the nation. So the Lord's chastisement was so severe and so thorough. And this can happen to us today too. We believers, if we deviate from the Lord and from his heart's desire, we can become just like the unbelievers. But the Lord's chastisement is not the same as the judgment over the nations, but it has to be very thorough, and it looks like the judgment is because he is so burdened, so concerned, and so desirous to recover us to be his testimony. And in this broadcast, we see out of all of his chastising, there comes a wonderful twig called Jesus, and there comes a wonderful Savior who is the one that we can drink from and enjoy thoroughly. Well, Dick, as we pick up the message now, let's read a couple of these marvelous verses in Isaiah 11 that you're now just referring to. Then a twig will come forth from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit, and the Spirit of Jehovah will rest upon him. Now, let's join Witness Lee with today's life study message from Isaiah 11 and 12. Firstly, we see the restoration brought in through Christ. This is in chapter 11. Every student of Isaiah did pay much attention to chapter 11 because it portrays a very present picture about the situation in restoration. Israel, especially the family or the house of David, was like a big tree. Then due to their degradation, that tree was cut down, not just cut the branches off, but the whole tree down to the very root. Nearly nothing of the stump remains. Then after many years, out of this part, the remaining part, a twig comes out. Well, the house of David was cut down. When Jesus was born, he was born of the descendants of David. You read the four gospel, you can see Mary and Joseph at the time Christ was born, they were poor people, low class people. This means the house of David was cut down to the root. Now out of a sudden, to the remain part, a tick comes out. This signifies the restoration by life and of life. A tick comes out of a cut stuff. This signifies life still remain there, and life is the way and the source of this coming forth of the twig. And a branch from his roots, the twig comes forth from the stump above the earth, but the branch comes out from the root underneath the earth. 
this signifies the depth of the restoring life and this branch will bear fruit. Christ, of course, was sure like this. When he was born, he was just a little trick. Then when he was growing up, he was surely a branch. And eventually, this trick and this branch are what? Then this branch branched God forth with much, much fruit. The whole world is filled with the fruit of this branch. This is God branching out, full of fruits. Upon this branch, the spirit of Jehovah will rest. That is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. It's also the spirit of counsel and might. Here the counsel and might equal the wisdom and the power in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. To us, the believers, Christ is God's wisdom and God's power. Wisdom that gives counsel and power that gives the might. This spirit is also the spirit of knowledge and the fear of Jehovah. With Christ as the branching out of Jehovah, it is altogether a matter of the Spirit. Christ was born of the Spirit, that means he was constituted with the Spirit, then he was baptized, anointed with the Spirit. Then the Spirit was all the time with him and the Spirit was one with him. And he did everything, he worked and he lived a life all together with the Spirit, in the Spirit, by the Spirit, and through the Spirit. The Spirit is the reality of Christ. Like what John 14 says, He, the Spirit, is the reality of Christ. Well, Dick, I think we've lived up to our promise, a pleasant and very enjoyable portion from chapter 11. We have a twig and a branch out from the stem and the root of Jesse, Dick. We also see that the Spirit was resting on him. Explain how this is a definite and unmistakable picture of Christ. Well, we saw the house of David was at one point like a great high tree. But according to Isaiah, the tree, this house of David, had been cut down, down to the stump and down to the root. And we can see this in the book of Matthew. For example, you see there Joseph and Mary. Both of them are descendants of the house of David. But what did they look like? Did they look like high, royal, rich people? No, they were very poor. They lived in a despised city and they lived in a despised region. This indicates in the New Testament that the house of David, through which Christ should come, had been cut down to a stump and down to a root. But out of this stump came a wonderful twig called Jesus. And out of this root under the ground came a wonderful branch, the fruit-bearing Christ. This shows us that Isaiah was unmistakably bringing us to the New Testament fulfillment 
Out of the house of David, cut down to the stump, comes forth Christ for the restoration of Israel and for the salvation of all of his people. And it says the Spirit was resting upon him. And we can see in the New Testament that Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then at his baptism, he was anointed by the Spirit. And through his living, he was led by the Spirit. Look at Matthew 4, even the temptation. Everything he did, he lived, walked, and carried out his life absolutely according to the Spirit. In fact, in John 14, it says, the Spirit is the reality of Christ. This indicates that this wonderful passage here in chapter 11 is just a prophecy of this wonderful Christ that's clearly, unmistakably fulfilled by Christ in the New Testament. Well, Dick, we want to come to chapter 12 now, an even more enjoyable portion of the Word, showing the salvation enjoyed by God's beloved people. Let's join Witness Lee. Now, the salvation. The salvation enjoyed by Jehovah's beloved people. Chapter 12 describes God's salvation and the way we enjoy it, absolutely like the New Testament. God is now my salvation. I will trust and not dread, for Jehovah is my strength and song. God is my salvation, my strength and song. And he has become my salvation. Don't think the salvation we receive and enjoy is something other than the Lord himself. The Lord himself is our salvation. Therefore, you will draw water. You will draw water with rejoicing. Draw water from the springs of salvation to receive the Lord as our salvation. We have to consider the Lord as our salvation is just the water. This thought is absolutely in the New Testament. The Gospel of John stresses this very much. The Lord says, if you know the gift of God, you would ask me to give you the living water. And the living water was just Christ. And to receive the Lord as our salvation is just to draw the water from the springs. John 4. Then John 7 says, these living water will be rivers, will be rivers of living water. And this indicates that the Lord to be our salvation is just the water. In Revelation chapter 22, you have the river of the living water of life. You have also the tree of life. The tree of life, signifying Christ, lives, grows in the river of the living water of life. The river flows and the tree grows in the flowing of the river. If the river couldn't reach you, I mean, no tree of life would be for you. If you read carefully, there you could see the turn God to throw out. God is sitting on the throne with the Lamb. 
that is the Father. Then it flows out as the river of the living water. This is the Spirit. Then in the flowing of the living water, the tree of life, that's Christ. And eventually, we drink the water, we enjoy the triumph God. The tree of life in the water of life. Dick, it seems that Isaiah 12 is more of a New Testament passage than an Old Testament one. The real experience and enjoyment of our salvation in Christ is presented here. Some may not see the connection so obviously uh, between the passages in such New Testament books as John, Revelation, and others, but they are unmistakable, aren't they, Dick? They sure are. Uh, When you see John 4 and the Lord's dealing with a Samaritan woman, and he said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's asking you for a drink of water, you would ask him for living water. And uh, this is surely the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 12. Therefore, with joy and rejoicing shall you draw water out of the springs of salvation. So here in John 4, the Lord himself is the reality of that living water to be received by man. Then in verse 14, it says, Whoever drinks of this water shall never thirst again, but this water shall become in him a spring of water welling up into and unto eternal life. Who is this? This is the wonderful triune God flowing out as the living water, wanting man to partake of him, and I would say especially one word, to enjoy him. The Lord is disgusted with so much theological teaching about him and not that much drinking. So Isaiah brings us not just a mere theology, mere teaching, although we need some proper teaching, but Isaiah brings us to drinking. And drinking means experience and enjoyment. This is what we need to really enjoy this salvation, which is just God himself. And then uh, in chapter 7 of John, it says uh, that when we drink him, then he will become within us rivers of living water. We'll enjoy so many aspects and details of this Christ flowing in our being. Revelation 22, 1 and 2 said, And he showed me a river of water of life, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. And on this side and on that side of the river was the tree of life. So here we see the triune God, as our brother mentions in the message. You see God the Father on the throne in the Lamb, and you see the Spirit as the river flowing out, and you see with this flow and in this flow, on either side of this flow, is the tree of life, indicating that God's desire is that we enjoy him as salvation by drinking from this river, eating of Christ as the tree, and completely being brought into the enjoyment of the entire triune God. He is our salvation. So these verses in John and Revelation really are an unmistakable fulfillment of this wonderful prophecy in Isaiah 12. Don't you really enjoy this, Chris, this prophecy? With rejoicing, we'll draw water out of the wells of salvation. 
Dick, this whole book so far has just been one picture of Christ after another, the twig, the branch, the springs of salvation, Emmanuel, a son brought forth from a virgin. It's just an ever-increasing and enlarging picture of our precious Christ. What a wonderful book. What a wonderful book. What a wonderful Christ. The same one who is the branch and the twig for restoring, he's the same one who is the salvation uh, that we participate in by drinking. And uh, as we go on with the message today, we'll see how to drink this wonderful Christ and enjoy him as the very God of salvation. That's where we're going next, Dick. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Christ is the tree of life, and the Spirit is the water of life. The essence of the tree of life is in the water. If you don't drink, regardless how much you know about Christ, you still miss Christ. Christ then could be only a substance remaining there, nothing to do with you. If you are going to enjoy this Christ at the tree of life, at the life element, you have to drink. You have to drink him. Now the question is this, how to drink? Even in the Old Testament time, Isaiah revealed to us the way to take the Lord as our salvation. You will draw water from the springs of salvation. By what way? By the way with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And you will say in that day, praise the Lord. Then call upon his name. Call on his name. Full of praising. When we Christians are filled up with calling on the name, we got a revival. Learn to call on the name. Amen. You try to call the name, makes you different. Oh, Lord Jesus! Call on the name. It is just like after you exercise deep breathing. You will feel so refreshed and so living. You pray to the Lord, but you never call. To call on the name is much different from to pray. The Isaiah way to receive the Lord as our salvation is very New Testament. All the day long, you just call, Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, number one, to realize that the Lord himself is your salvation, strength, and son. Number two, you have to come to him to draw him as water from the springs of the fountain. Then, number three, you have to praise him with calling. Now, number four, make his deeds known among the people. This is to preach the gospel. Make his deeds known to people. This is to speak Christ and speak what he has done for us. To let other people know what you have enjoyed. This is gospel preaching. Then you have also to let people know your Jesus. His name has been exalted. Amen. He is ascended and he is now in the heavens. So the last point is just the gospel preaching. Isn't this New Testament? 
Dick, this is a favorite verse of many people. We quote it often. And we even have a very enjoyable song from this chapter, chapter 12 in Isaiah, that talks about drawing water joyfully out of the spring or wells of salvation. It is a metaphor, Dick, that's very close to literal, isn't it? How do we draw this living water? Well, Isaiah 12 makes it very clear how we draw. It says, with joy, with rejoicing, with praising, and by calling on the Lord's name. So, Here the emphasis is on how to draw this living water, how to participate in Christ as our salvation. Our God, whose salvation makes himself so available that he's just like water. Well, what do you do with water? Just study it? Analyze it? No, you drink. And so Isaiah 12 makes it very clear that the way we take of this living water is by rejoicingly, praisingly, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. Every time we call on the Lord saying, Lord Jesus, oh Lord Jesus. And and I don't mean just call in a routine way, in a methodical way, mumbling the Lord's name. No, this passage says, call rejoicingly, call praisingly, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, I just charge all of you who are listening, you practice for just a, even a minute or two to exercise your being praisingly and rejoicingly to call on the name of the Lord. And you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Christ will become your living salvation. If you're on the freeway and you're tormented by the other drivers, you're in your anger, you're in your temper, you need salvation. This salvation is not just from hell. This salvation is from a host of things that we face every day. Our self, our flesh, worldliness, independence, individualism. How do you get saved every day? We get saved by Christ and by praisingly, rejoicingly calling on his name. What will happen? You'll be saved. And then what happens? People will get saved through you because you're just the living testimony of the living Christ who is the salvation of God. Well, Dick, we'll see if the Lord uh, brings you back for another program soon on Calling on the Lord. I sure wouldn't mind another one like that. Well, we'd like to encourage you listening to call, rejoicingly, praisingly, drawing water from the springs of salvation. And we also invite you to contact us and give us your testimony. And while you're at it, we'll be glad to tell you how you can receive this printed life study message and uh, the others that are included in this set, volume number one. The toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 543-3788. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. 
You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.